You're listening to the Renew Life Church podcast. We hope this message inspires you and challenges you to become a true disciple of Jesus. To find out more about us, go to renewlifechurch.com. Uh, I'm super honest, honestly excited to, to, to share this morning. I was gone last Sunday, and I'll say missing one Sunday feels like being a gone for a month. It feels so strange to not be here. It's been an incredible morning. Uh, first things first, I pull up in the parking lot this morning about 5 a.m. It's dark. It's nice. It's cool. It feels like hunting weather almost, and which is always good. And, and wouldn't you know it, a, a fox is literally running in front of our building. So I pull my phone out, I start videoing, and like anybody else that's normal, like I wanna squeak at it and see how close I can get it to me, right? And so, don't even know if it has rabies, he's skinny, I'm like, he's fine, it's cool. And so I start, I start squeaking at him with my, with my mouth and I call this fox in like 20 yards and I'm like, this is a victorious day in the Lord and whatever else happens doesn't matter because I encountered a fox in the city limits and I could have shot him if I had a weapon. And that's when you know you're alive, amen? Oh, this is fun. Um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped about sharing, sharing what the Lord has for you um, today. Sometimes I feel like as a pastor, uh, we, we share things that we've been brewing and stewing on for quite a while, something that the Lord's been speaking, and we've been trying to figure out what it is. And that's kind of where I was at yesterday uh, until about 1030 last night. And I scratched what I was on, and I went to something different. And so uh, I finished it out this morning. It's always fun. As a pastor, it feels like cramming for a test when you finish writing your notes the morning that you're supposed to preach it. So bless the Lord for his grace, and uh, I receive it. But now I want to share something based out of just the previous a really fresh experience that I had. Uh, I think that God wants to speak and teach. He's always wanting to speak and he's always wanting to teach, but sometimes he uses the most fresh things uh, in our lives to actually share some profound things that aren't just for us, but the, for everybody. And so this, this last week, I was invited by a great friend in the room uh, to go on a, an incredible trip, a mountain goat hunt in Wyoming. And uh, we drove 19 hours uh, through some incredible country. Uh, he experienced In-N-Out Burger for the first time, so you know Jesus was on the trip, and so that was good. He's now saved and converted and all the things. And uh, no, it was an incredible drive, and, and we got there, and we, we, we drove in Friday night, and we stayed the night at this great little cabin, and then the next morning we, we hiked in uh, just a few miles, four miles maybe, and, and on the way in, uh, something shifted in me, and I, I got my legs got really tired, my, 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 my legs started cramping to, to, to a degree that I've never had them cramp before. My body just felt like it was kind of shutting down on me. So instead of getting to where we were going to camp, we camped at a lower elevation because unfortunately on day one, I was the guy that couldn't go any further, which is never the person that you wanna be, FYI. And so uh, we, we, we make a plan that I'm gonna set up the tents and our plan is to be in there for a week. That was the original plan. And live, in a, live in a tent for, for a week and, and eat freeze-dried meals and bars and uh, live out of a backpack basically, which is, which is so, so much like what I wanna do. My wife thinks that I'm crazy. She's like, I don't understand why there's any enjoyment in what you do. It sounds like torture, but I, I love it. And so I break camp and I, set, I set, set things up. They go and they look and I rest for the day. The next day, I make a big push with them, and, and we covered some really, really beautiful country, saw some incredible things. But my body just began to deteriorate slowly over the course of three days. I couldn't eat. 
I was running a fever, had a headache. Uh, just one thing after another just started happening in me. And before you know it, I, I was done. I didn't have anything left in me. I, I hadn't eaten very much, maybe 15, 1800 calories in three days. Like I was just was on the decline. So we decide on a Monday morning that we're gonna hike back to the truck where we had parked. And on this hike out, uh, I'm tired, I'm exhausted. Uh, I feel like I'm, I'm literally, I feel like I'm drunk and stumbling in the forest. Uh, like every, every step felt like I was a baby giraffe on roller skates. <laughs> and if you could picture that, it was, it was quite, quite something. Uh, but as I'm, as I'm hiking and as, I, as we're climbing out of this spot, a lot of different things start flooding my mind. And I'm gonna get to a point in a moment. But a lot of things start flooding my mind of uh, lots of different thoughts. And, and you've probably all been in those positions where uh, something random happened and before you know it, you were taken on one of those little daydream journeys of bad thoughts that you don't even know how you arrived at the place that you got. You just know that at one moment it started here and now it ended here and it went to level 10 really fast, like zero to witchcraft basically. And so that's where I was at in my brain. I started thinking all of these different thoughts in this moment of like, what am I, how am I gonna get out of here? What if, what if, what if I trip? What if I fall? Uh, what, if, what if a bear comes? Like the worst case scenario instantly. Like, it couldn't have been a fox, it couldn't have been a coyote, it was a bear. Like, in my mind, like, what if a giant grizzly bear comes running, what am I going to do? My legs aren't hardly working, my lungs feel like they're gonna die, I can't catch any wind, what am I, am I gonna just lay here and see what happens? Am I gonna be able to pull out my gun and shoot it? Are they gonna be able to hear me, the guys that are in front of me, and actually come and shoot the bear off of me? All of these terrible things are, are rolling through my mind. Where's it gonna bite first? Oh, it's so bad. I'm gonna spare you the rest of it. It's so bad. This is just where sometimes I, I feel like our brains go when we feel like we're in a moment of like somewhat crisis. And I'm not trying to be dramatic. I know things, uh, people deal with crazier things than what I dealt with. But in this moment, I started having all of these crazy thoughts and reflecting on like the story. At one point we had lost the trail on the hike out and we're uh, walking through this, this undergrowth and these deadfall trees that had been blown over the wind and you're, it's just not simple. And I remember a story of a guy who was on a similar hunt. I read a, a year or so ago and he, and he fell through the deadfall, twisted his leg and broke it. And he's miles, miles in the wilderness and he has, this, he has this situation that he's up against. He's like, either I'm gonna lay here and I'm gonna freeze to death. I have no cell phone service. He, he didn't have any cell phone service, anything like that. Or I'm gonna figure out a way to crawl out two miles to the nearest road. And so he crawls out on his hands and one knee, uh, said that he completely lost all of the skin on his palms and all the skin on the backs of his hands and his knuckles from trying to crawl out. He crawls to a road, a, a motorcyclist finds him and he gets saved. Well, in this moment, I'm like, oh gosh, I'm in the same position. But the only thing is, I don't know if I can crawl out of here. I don't know if I wanna crawl out of here. It's like all of these things, just this massive barrage, I start thinking of, uh, I start thinking of my wife, my kids, my family. I start thinking about the church. I start thinking about church family, uh, all of these different things. And in the middle of all of this chaos, I have this thought, well, what am I gonna preach on Sunday? Like, what is wrong with your brain, Cody? You need Jesus. And this thought, this phrase came into my mind when I had the thought, what am I gonna preach on Sunday? And this phrase was this, you don't belong here. 
And instantly, being in the state of mind that I was in, I started thinking about this concept of not belonging. Did I not belong on this kind of a hunt? Was I not ready enough? Did I not belong in that sort of terrain? Was I uh, not, not fit enough? Uh, instantly, I dismantled in my mind in seconds. I dismantled my passion for hunting in the outdoors in the mountains. I instantly devised a plan in my head of here's what I'm going to do. I'm gonna settle for just fly fishing and hunting whitetail because after all, I don't belong here. And then I started thinking thoughts about my kids and our plans to hunt in the back country and different things. And I don't know I'm telling hunting stories, but you'll get it in just a moment. And, and as I started thinking about what our, my future plans are and what, what I wanna do with my kids, I was able to silence this thought of, you don't belong. I put it to sleep. And as I continued to walk, I asked the Lord, like, what does that phrase have anything to do with what I'm going to preach? Because that's what I was asking you about, Lord before this thought came into my mind and he spoke two things to me that I believe that we're to focus on today. The first one is this. He said, there are things that my people are entertaining that they need to be reminded and they need to be reminded that that's not where they belong. There are things that my people are entertaining and they need to be reminded that that is not where they belong. The second thing is this. Some of my people are being called higher into leadership and business roles that I have for them. But the voice of the accuser is telling them, you don't belong. And they need to be reminded that if I put them there, they in fact do belong. And so I wanna speak to both groups of people today uh, concerning this idea of you don't belong. And I'm gonna try my best to just communicate this uh, as, as I heard the Lord say it, it might be raw, uh, but I believe the Holy Spirit's kind of led me into this direction. So we're gonna dive into this for a moment. Uh, I'm gonna pray first, and then we'll see what happens. Father, I, I'm so honored and, uh, and just overjoyed that you would put us in the positions that you put us. I thank you for this church. Thank you for this family that, that sits before me. And I pray, Father, that you would just enlighten us today, uh, that you would you would just speak personally to us because you are a personal, intimate God. And I pray that this word, the word that you've given me, that it impacts our hearts, that it changes us, that it shapes us, that it molds us, that it challenges us to actually be all that you have designed us and called us to be. Holy Spirit, I welcome you in this room. I think that you are the counselor, you are the spirit of truth, and you are wisdom. And so we ask you for all those things, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you have a Bible, will you turn with me to 2 Samuel chapter 11? 2 Samuel chapter 11, you can pull it up on your phone. It's going to be up on the screen behind me. We're going to dive into this. It says, it happened in the spring of the year at the time when kings go out to battle. Where do kings go? All right. You're going to help me this morning. That David sent Joab and his servants with him in all of Israel, and they destroyed the people of Ammon and besieged Rabbah. But David remained at Jerusalem. Then it happened one evening that David arose from his bed and walked on the roof of the king's house. And from the roof he saw a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful to behold. David's on the roof of his house, but where is he supposed to be? In battle. So David sent and inquired about the woman, and someone said, is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? Then David sent messengers and took her, and she came to him, and he lay with her. 
and she was cleansed from her impurity. And she returned to her house, and the woman conceived. So she sent and told David and said, I am with child. And to give you the rest of the, the cliff notes of this story, after this moment, David, realizing that he impregnated a woman that was married, he should have been at war. He, he wasn't supposed to be where he was actually at. He belonged at war, but he was on his rooftop. Once he realizes that he has impregnated this woman, what he does is he sends word to the commander of the army to send Uriah home with this expectation that once Uriah comes home, he'll actually go and he'll sleep with his wife, and then everyone will think that the baby that she is impregnated with is actually Uriah's, not David's. Crazy plan this guy had. So being that he's an honorable man, Uriah, realizing that his, his, his fellow men, his fellow brothers are actually in battle, he has honor, so he doesn't actually return to his house and he doesn't sleep with his wife. David catches word of this, and so what David does is he invites Uriah in and he gets Uriah drunk with this expectation that if I can cause him to be so drunk, he'll fall into this drunken stupor, he'll go back to his wife, he'll sleep with her, and this thing gets wrapped up in a nice package, case closed. Uriah still doesn't do that, so what David does is he sends Uriah back to the front lines of battle with a note, and the note read this, set Uriah in the forefront of the hottest battle and retreat from him, that he may be struck down and that he may die. So David couldn't cover up his rebellion, so he kills an innocent man. That's what happens in the scripture. And here's the thing that we, that we wanna, I'm gonna draw in just for a moment. Just like David, you don't belong in sexual impurity. Yay. Yay, Lord. Just like David, you, you actually don't belong in sexual immorality. This goes for both men and women. You don't belong on the rooftop of social media scoping out your formal boyfriend or girlfriend thinking about what might have been. You don't belong on the rooftop of the internet seeking out a man or a woman that meets all of your unrealistic criteria so that you walk away from the moment feeling refreshed. You're like, oh shoot, we came to that kind of church today? Dang. We're going to stay home and get ready for the game next week. <laughs> you don't belong on the rooftop of casual conversations with someone of the opposite sex because they listen to you and understand you better than your spouse. You don't belong in sexual immorality. And if you're single, as in not married, you definitely don't belong on the rooftop that is someone else's bed or someone else's marriage. I don't care how you justify it, and neither does the word. I told you it was a little raw. What we have to understand is this, that sexual immorality will not lead to successful relationships. It won't lead to success in your current relationship. All sexual sin is a perversion meaning that it distorts the natural purpose of a person or a relationship. All sexual sin. The longer that you look at something that isn't real, 
the more the perception of what is in front of you is distorted. And if you aren't careful, you'll relentlessly, in secret, chase that which fulfills your desire and you'll leave the natural use and purpose of your spouse. Amen. Take a look at 1 Corinthians chapter six. I know this is a fun topic, but if there's any place we have to talk about sexual immorality, it's in the church. If we can't talk about it here, we are in trouble, which is why we're in the position we're in, because we don't talk about it enough. 1 Corinthians six, verse 15. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? Certainly not. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her? For the two, he says, shall become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does outside of, outside, does is outside of the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? whom you have from God, and you are not your own. Y'all need to pay attention. We need to pay attention to that. This is not my body, my choice. You are not your own. For you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So as a born-again believer, we have to take up the understanding that because of the price that Jesus paid, because of the price that God paid for our life, which was the bloodshed of Jesus, his only son, our response to that is to glorify God in my body, what I do with my body, and what I put into my body. That is our duty, that is our response. That which is conceived in sin, we have to get this, that which is conceived in sin will not be blessed unless it's repented of, unless the behavior is changed, and then you wait for the Lord to redeem it. I'm speaking on this subject because I have lived what I'm talking about. I didn't cheat on my wife, but I was introduced to pornography at the age of 12. Well, it just became the most normal thing. It was as normal as, as brushing your teeth and everything that comes along with it. And I know I'm talking about something that is kind of hot and heavy, that, and I know that there are students in the room, but please understand me, we cannot miss this thing. If there's anything at all, as a parent, that I pray that you don't miss, don't miss teaching your kids about healthy sex. Don't let someone else do it for you because the law of first mention, they will remember the thing that they heard first. And if it's not the truth, then unfortunately they're gonna build their experience on the truth that someone else told them. This is the big, this is the big, big deal. So I speak from this place of understanding what the constant, the constant uh, round the mountain of shame and guilt and condemnation feels like. I understand what it was like to be introduced to something that most men in our culture, even women in our culture in the world today, calls normal. 
And then to, to actually come into the kingdom of God and give my life to Jesus, but yet still struggle with the same thing that has been normalized in my life for 30 years. And then add a marriage on top of it. And then figure out why is it that I don't connect with my wife? Well, it's probably because I don't connect with her because I'm, I'm painting a picture of what it should be like based on something that's not real. And then we run into these moments and we don't, we, we are like, I just don't understand what's wrong with, I don't understand what's wrong with my marriage. I don't understand why things are falling apart. We don't connect any longer. It's because you don't know how to connect to something that is actually real. Your whole life is built on a fantasy. And then all of a sudden it's easier to escape into a fantasy because you feel like you're not hurting anyone. It's simply just not true. If you're in this and, and you're in struggle in this area, I would, I would encourage you to try to give up this idea that you're gonna beat this on your own. Because the truth is you won't beat it on your own. If you could beat it on your own, you wouldn't need Jesus. If you could beat it on your own, you wouldn't need spiritual family. But those are the actual only ways that you do beat it. And I would encourage you in this, if you're dealing with sexual immorality, if you're dealing with sexual uh, impurity in your relationships, I would tell you, find someone that you can talk to about it and let the person that you talk to about it be someone that you're afraid of, of them knowing your information. If you're gonna do it, just do it. If you're gonna tell on yourself, tell on someone that's gonna keep you accountable, not someone that's dealing with the same thing. Because what sin always wants is agreement. Because sin is an escape of something that is, that is not currently happening in your life. It is filling a void and it is filling a gap. It is numbing something. Don't, don't confide in someone that's just going to help you numb the pain that you're not willing to deal with. Let's grow. So find someone that is gonna ask you in three weeks, hey, how's that deal going that you told me about? Find that kind of person and then tell them. And then find a way to live from a place of, of wanting to be corrected and wanting to be held accountable. From experience, I can say that freedom from sexual sin is more than worth the risk of what might happen if you're found out. It's way, it's, the freedom's way better. So I'm gonna move on to something, something else. We've got about eight minutes left. Uh, let's look at Proverbs chapter six. And, and please remember, like I'm telling you these things because I, I really do want you to experience all that God has for you. And I don't want you to be surprised by something that might be hiding or lurking uh, under, under the surface. You're, you're, you're valuable and you're needed to the body. So Proverbs chapter six, I want you to, uh, one, write this address down, take a picture of this on the screen because I want you to do something with this when you leave, maybe this evening when you're at home. It says this, uh, it says, these six things the Lord hates. Indeed, seven are repulsive to him. A proud look, the attitude that makes one overestimate oneself and discount others. A lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, 
a heart that creates wicked plans, feet that run swiftly to evil, a false witness who breathes out lies, even half-truths, and one who spreads discord or rumors among his brothers. I'm not going to spend too much time on this, but what I want you to do is I want you to take a picture of this. I want you to write this address down, and here's what I want you to do. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit in your own time. Holy Spirit, is there anything of these seven that are going on in my life that I'm not aware of? Because if you run in circles of people and that is what they partake in, you need to understand you don't belong there. As a born-again child of God who is supposed to be blessing and loving others and blessing God and loving God, running in circles where those sorts of things are happening regularly and entertaining conversations at the lunch table that you don't shut down that are causing strife among other people, you have to start realizing that you are not supposed to be in situations like that. You are created for something better and something that is greater. You don't belong in those circles. Very simple. I'm gonna close with this one. I'm gonna switch gears and speak to those that feel that uh, they don't belong in the new places that the Lord has for them. And I realize I'm kind of jumping around a little bit. Um, it's not, not super polished, but it's gonna be okay. Uh, speaking to those that, that feel like they don't belong in this new place that the Lord has, has put them in, uh, I want you to turn to Joshua chapter one. Joshua chapter one. It says this, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I will give you, as I said to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and the great sea forward and go forward going the great sea towards the going down of the sun sorry words are hard shall be your territory no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life as i was with moses so will i be with you i will not leave you nor forsake you be strong and of good courage for to this for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which i swore to their fathers fathers to give them only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do all according to the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you shall observe to do all according, uh, according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage, do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. The NIV translation of this set of scriptures entitles what we just read as Joshua installed as leader. And when I hear that, it just makes me think of the idea of just being thrust into something. It's like being thrust into game seven of the World Series and all you've done is just been on the bench. And they're like, hey, here's the ball. We need you to go close it out. No sweat, but the title's on your, on your back. Like that's what this moment feels like to me. It sounds like a lot, 
It's like, well, it's up to you now. Don't blow it, Joshua. There's several things in this set of scriptures that I want us to focus on, especially if you're hearing that you don't belong in a role that you just took on. I know I'm speaking to a kind of a specific group. But the first thing is this. I want you to take notice that, that God is the one that commissioned and promoted Joshua. God is the promoter of the faithful. If you're seeking promotion, be faithful with what's in front of you and then let the Lord promote you. If God promotes you, it's good. If you promote you, it's bad. See how simple that is? It's just so simple. We have to settle first, did I put myself in this position or did God put myself, me in this position? And one of the ways that I have found that I, I, I kind of indicate or pinpoint that is did I bypass anything in the previous season that should have been character growth things and I bypassed them so that I didn't have to deal with them and I elevated myself purposefully. What we have to understand is anything that I don't deal with in this season, I will probably have to deal with in the next season. Why? Because for me to steward the things that God has for me to steward in this lifetime, it's going to take my character and my nature coming up in levels. And if I am willing to not deal with certain things in order to be promoted, I am, I am just setting myself up for heartache later when I have to actually pass that character test at another time. God promotes the faithful. The first thing is that God commissioned and God promoted Joshua. The second thing is this, God gives Joshua this simple charge in verse five. He says, no man shall stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so will I be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. I love this because I feel like it's the thing that God gave Joshua to silence the critics. It's this, it's this reminder that God is approving Joshua in this moment. He's like, Joshua, I'm telling you that no tongue that rises against you in judgment that no fear of a man's approval, no lack of experience that often leads to like this thick layer of comparison to someone else's ability, none of those things will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. The things that you find yourself comparing you towards someone else, I'm telling you that if I promoted you, I will make sure that you're sustained in the promotion. And I believe that we have to get to this place if you're, if you're walking in a new level of leadership, if you're walking in a new level of business, maybe you get a, a promotion at your job. Understand that you are, you are being equipped right now for things that you never had before because you've never been in the position that you've been before. And oftentimes when promotion comes, we start thinking, how am I going to do this? I've never done this before, exactly. It's like the first time that you had a child. I was not anointed or gifted or graced to be a dad before I had a child, why? Because I didn't need to be. But the moment that Presley came out, the moment we had our first one, instantly it was like the Lord clothed me in a grace to be a father. And I believe that God is clothing certain people in the room that have been asked to step up into different leadership roles or, or even stepped up into different business roles. I believe that God is clothing you right now in a different grace for the season. You actually belong in the place that you're at if God promoted you there.
the third thing is this. Three times the Lord tells Joshua, be strong and courageous. Three different times. Hey, Joshua, only be strong and courageous. Did I not command you? Be very strong and be very courageous. These three different times he speaks the same thing. And what I want you to know is that when the voices rise against you that try to convince you that you don't belong, the way in which you stand and you, the way in which you become courageous is you find yourself hiding in three places. Hiding in God's presence, where you're going in and out, and every single time that you're in, he is rubbing more of who he is into you so that when you step out and that voice comes, you're instantly silencing it because you're like, you know that you just got more of the Father on the inside of you. That's what's happening in the presence. That's what's happening when you, when you purposely carve time out to be in God's presence. He is smearing, he is anointing, he is rubbing into you parts of who he is, and it silences the voice of the enemy. Find yourself hidden in the word of God. In these moments when you're being told you're not cut out to be here, you're not in the right place. Know what the word says about you. The more that you know about what the word says about you, the more that you know about what God says about you, the more that you'll actually be able to realize that the lies that he is saying to you that you don't belong are actually really lies and you'll stop believing them. God wants to put you in places that you never thought possible. And the last place that you need to find yourself in these moments of being strong and courageous is in spiritual family, connected. I believe that spiritual family and being connected to spiritual family is one of the greatest tools that we have access to every single day of the week. Like, well, I can't hear God. Well, I just don't feel like reading today. Well, I, I didn't pray good today. But you can always call someone that's in spiritual family and you can always get connected. It's something that is always available to us and we get it instantly. It's something that is attainable. It's something that we can feel, that we can touch. It is tangible. There are people in this room. There are giftings sitting next to you. There are answers to your problems sitting next to you in this room right now. I think it would be incredible if there were Sundays when you walked in with an issue and you sat down and you asked the person next to you, hey, this week so-and-so uh, did this to me and, and what do you think that I should do? Or what do you think I should do about this situation? And the person next to you actually has grace and wisdom and faith on their life and favor on their life and they give you the thing that you needed and you thought you could only get it from a pastor. We are all members of a body, are we not? And we have to have each other. If the whole body is not functioning, we all suffer. And so I'm just saying that to step into this strength and step into this courage, find yourself hidden in his presence, find yourself engulfed in his word, but find yourself connected to spiritual family and realize that you actually belong in the places that the Lord is putting you. Thanks for listening. We hope you felt encouraged by today's message. If you need prayer or would like to connect with us, find us on social media or by going to renewlifechurch.com.